1: This this is the Drive and Dish podcast. There, there's the drive and dish.
2: Did- quick, quick! Welcome to your toilet moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rayfuse and, and Justin Kuzart. Let's go.
1: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. My name is Kevin Rafuse. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, you know Justin Cousard is not here. Uh, so first, welcome in my friend Carlton KB. Uh, we got a lot to talk about in terms of the Miami Heat. Uh, I mean, really a great time for South Florida sports in general. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to course do all sorts of conference finals talk. Um, We do got to talk about Carmelo Anthony, but before we get too much into the podcast, uh, I want to congratulate my co-host, my comrade, uh, Justin Kuzart and his wife, Nicole, uh, on the birth of their daughter, Quinn. Uh, Successful delivery, all that healthy baby. Um, Justin has posted it. If you follow him on social media um, at Justin C on the air. Um, or if you follow him at his real job at 951 WAPE, uh, he posted a super picture, uh, super adorable picture, I should say with his daughter. So, um, obviously congrats, Justin. Uh, I mean, Carlton, like you've been obviously friends with Justin as long as I have too. like I was, it's just like crazy to think about, you know, we're 10 years in the podcast. Like, hey. like look at us, Justin's got a kid. This is
2: awesome. It, it's it, it's getting crazy to see, man. Like you, like, like me and you were just talking about off the air. We're get, we're getting to the point where, our high school friends are having kids. Like um, we're getting more and more friends have kids than the ones who had it early. Talking about, oh, I can't believe I have a sixth grader and a seventh grader. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm I'm seeing seeing sports. You know, Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> is playing college. <laughs> Jamir Nelson Jr. is um tra- in the transfer portal. I'm like, man, like is this what getting old looks like? I remember wanting to heat the draft Jamir Nelson, and now I'm reading that his son's entering the transfer portal. was crazy. Oh.
1: Well, especially up here, like just being in the Philly area. I mean, Jameer Nelson's St. Joe's run is legendary. Like that's one of the, oh, the yeah. all-time college moments up here. I mean, Nova obviously has dominated the landscape now for quite a bit. But, um, yeah, that run and them going to the Sweet 16, they they really – I mean, that was something special, him and Delonte West. Um, but, yeah, no, it, big congrats again to Justin and Nicole. Um, Justin is is obviously with a newborn child going to take a few weeks off. So, unfortunately, if you're here for Justin – uh. I don't know tweet him or something like that. Maybe he'll send me like a minute long thing. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll check in here at some point, but um thank you guys for hanging out with us and and again thank you to Carlton for joining me. Um we do want to warm up uh, Carmelo Anthony officially calling it quits, um announcing retirement on Twitter, uh releasing that video uh on what's going to be of course a Hall of Fame career. Uh, Just running through some of the accolades quick, 10-time All-Star, two-time NBA or All-NBA second team in 2010 and 2013, four-time All-Third team, uh, NBA scoring champ in 2013, All-Rookie team in 2004, Uh, of course, national champion at Syracuse back in 2003, made the NBA All-75 team uh, ninth all-time in scoring. Um, I think without a doubt, when I think of Melo, I think that's the first thing I'll always go to is that you know this is one of the best scorers that we've ever seen um you know pure scores at least but uh yeah I mean again Mello had been kind of you know he's he's been lingering around here a little bit um he hadn't played much this year um you know had been playing in the bench role the last few years here in, in Portland where they he really revamped his career had that run with the Lakers last year but um yeah I mean when you talk about and I mean I guess this kind of fits into the to the feeling of getting old right Carlton but it's like you know yeah. you talk about that era of basketball and when you talk about guys who really impacted the game, not just on the court, but off the court too. I think Carmelo Anthony is definitely at the top of a lot of those lists.
2: Oh, definitely. Like, like you mentioned, um, it's not, it's not to be understated that that one and done he was the one he was one and done before (laughs) one and done was a thing when you could go straight to straight to to the pros from the league. And he just carried Syracuse. Like (laughs) it was crazy how good he was in college, carried them to a ring. Um, You mentioned his accolades. I was thinking about it when, um, when we when you told me we were gonna talk about Melo and you you said um first rookie all team, he did kind of get snubbed. He was better than LeBron as a rookie. He took his team to the playoffs in the West and Denver. We probably should we should have gave him Rookie of the Year. <laughs> You know how that goes,
1: though. But, no, yeah. I mean, and that's not even... I don't even think that's a weird, like, you know, online opinion. Like, I think there are a lot of people who you bring up the statistical numbers from that year. And I think it's closer than I remember. But yeah, I mean, of course, with the, with the hype, LeBron was there, no doubt about it. Um, Boy, Denver, you talk about his time with the Nuggets. They're lucky that that Joker has panned out the way he has because it's like they gave it Mellows 15. Like, Mello's 15 should be retired in Denver, in my opinion. You know, you talk about... I mean, yeah. their, their first successful run getting to the conference finals where they lost to Kobe in them was with Melo. Like, that was – I mean, he's the guy that I think about, honestly, with Denver basketball up until this run now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in that sense, uh, I, I mean, an icon there, obviously a super icon in New York, too. I mean, he's the first free agent, really the biggest free agent in a while. To I know they ended up having to trade for him, but all the you know smoke was there. But, you know, he's the superstar that wanted to play for the Knicks. Like he, he really took that challenge on. Um, and, and never really, you know, he embraced the city kind of in a way that you know some big free agents maybe haven't with New York in the past.
2: Definitely, definitely. And I, I think about that way too much. You know, as Kev, sports says, you can retire. Like, I know it's never happened, at least I don't think so. I feel like it has to be two 15s hanging up in Denver. No, like yeah. it has to be a Jokic and an Anthony. Like, yeah, it just doesn't seem right. Like you said, it, Jokic had to pan out if you're going to give his 15 out. And, Boy, did he. But, man, it even looks weird to this day, seeing Jokic with the 15 on. It should have
1: never happened. And now that it's happened, obviously, there's nothing you can do about it. And Jokic is so broke. Like, Jokic can stop playing tomorrow for Denver, and his number should probably be retired there. I mean, he's already a two-time MVP. Um, And, and, you know, obviously still a lot of ball to go. But, I mean, other franchises have two numbers retired. I mean, you know with the Lakers, obviously, when they retired Kobe having the 8 and the 24. So, But, yeah, I mean, it, it should have been retired back in the day. That's fine. Fix the error, which I think will happen at some point. Like, I think Denver is going to retire Carmelo Anthony's right. number. Probably when he gets to the Hall of Fame would be my guess sometime around then. Um, maybe now more with, with his official, official retirement. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, yeah, both of them should absolutely be hanging in the rafters at the end of the day. You're right.
2: And also super underrated. What was it, 2016? Which Olympics team was he the only veteran? And they no. they needed him. If, it was Carmelo wasn't on that team, they don't win gold.
1: No, that actually you brought up really my next point, and I think you're 100% right. I, I think if anything, Syracuse will always be his biggest success that I think people go back to because you're right. He he was Mr. One and Done before that, and he was the guy. Like I mean, Hakeem Warwick was an NBA player for a while, too, so it's not like he was the only NBA player on that team, but like Cargolo, that was a, a carry job like no other yeah. – um, but you're right. I mean, I, there's a, a pretty firm argument that Carmelo is the best U S Olympian player ever. I mean, he's got four gold medals, multiple FIBA championships, but like you said, it, it's not just the redeemed team in 08. Cause you know, we know how loaded that team was. It is to me. You're right. In 2016, when there were very valid questions with the yeah. rest of the world, because the rest of the world is catching up with America. We know that, yeah. um, But in terms of, yeah, you're right. He was the vet who there was a lot of young talent on that team, but there had been nobody like that. And he really took on that captain's role and, and, you know, really, he was captain America for basketball. And, and I do, I, I think that's a super underrated part of his legacy. You're right.
2: Yeah. Super underrated. And like you said, if you just look at the roster in 2016, it's got Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, you know, Kyrie Irvin, but like you said, it was very, very young Irvin Durant. So, um, yeah like you said superhero he I still i don't know if you remember kev when we worked together he still has my favorite sports commercial where the mellow is the, has mellow playing has mellow as the cameraman he has himself in the um in the audience that's still my favorite yep. athlete commercial
1: <laughs> yeah no 100 that dude that's a classic the one that i always think it's funny like it, it's another this is random but this has just popped in my head now that you're thinking of ads the one because he's a Knicks, so this fits do you remember Patrick Ewing's Snickers commercial back in the day, oh, where yeah. it was get dunked on by Patrick chewing? That yeah. lives in my head, where he's just like, "What's up, Ryan?" Oh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. just yams on him. Um, you know, just random tangents that happen, but that definitely pops in my head way more than it should. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, no question, Carmelo is going to be a first ballot guy. Um. I, I will see what happens now if he decides to coach. I mean, his son is pretty good too. Like that's the big and his son was a big theme of, of the um of, of of Keon Anthony of the retirement video that he posted yeah. on Twitter. Um I mean, he's going to obviously go D1 at the bare minimum. So, I, I think in a way we'll we'll see if he sticks around the game in that regard as he starts to potentially go pro.
2: Oh yeah, it's going to be good to see to talk about us getting old. Now we now we have Ke- um Keon Anthony a um, couple couple what-ifs. I've seen you know, Heat fans, being a Heat fan, they, this gets brought up a lot of time. Carmelo Anthony saying he regrets signing that extension with Denver instead of becoming free agents with um, Wade, Bosh, and um, LeBron. Because I don't know how much it was talked about everywhere else. They, they wanted the big three to be Wade, LeBron, and Melo. How that would have worked instead of Bosh. How that would have worked, who knows? I would have liked to see it. But, yeah, they, he was linked to the Heat a couple times. Also, before the 09 um, draft, you remember it was – Derrick Rose and Michael Beasley. Then when they got the number two pick, it was a rumor Michael, the second pick, which would have been Michael Beasley for Carmelo Anthony. So yeah, he was constantly linked to the heat. I I thought for sure that we would probably see him in the heat uniform one day.
1: It would have been so much offense. Just like, I mean, Bosch was obviously so pivotal on those rosters that I do think from a, maybe a fit perspective that it would have worked a little better where, you know, at the end of the day, there's one ball with LeBron and Wade and, and Carmelo. It's like, who gives that up? Um, It was interesting with the Knicks. The only regret that I think is there a little bit with the Knicks tenure is that because he was when he got traded there, he was a half season away from free agency in Denver and the Knicks were cooking that year. They were like, I think they were at least a six at the time or Amari Stoudemire was in the MVP conversation and they gave up a lot of good players. They gave up Wilson Chandler. They gave up Gallinari. Um, Um, Wilson
2: Chandler Mazgov I believe was part of it
1: yeah and so they really kind of blew up their depth in a way and so those Knicks teams were great with Melo like don't get me wrong they were making the playoffs getting to the second round every year and the other part of me goes oh well you know you never know what could happen somebody could swoop in everything's a given till it's not but Carmelo was all but you know all but saying i'm coming to new york in the fall and like writing it on his jersey during games like once his contract was up there's a part of me that wishes the knicks just waited for him to be a free agent and he just signed with that roster like that's the roster it feels like maybe could have won a title got over the hump um and i mean it's also tough because like you said they ran into your heat. like they ran into the big three at their peak like indy also was great at that time as well um you know, LeBron was getting to the finals in the midst of 10 straight years. Like, that just unfortunately happens in the history. But, you know, you talk about MJ doing that for a lot of guys. Like, LeBron had an impact, too, especially in the Eastern Conference. Welcome, everybody, to the Driving Dish NBA podcast. My name is Kevin Rayfuse. Like I said, Justin is officially on paternity leave. So, you know, please send him his well wishes. Uh, joining me this week, Mr. Carlton KB. Follow him on Twitter at Carlton underscore KB, like the letters K and B. Uh, Carlton is a big South Florida sports guy. Um, obviously you've heard him on this show multiple times before. So I'm excited. Uh, when I booked Carlton, the series was a lot different. It was three, nothing. Now it's three to two. So we're, we're going to gauge his panic level here a little bit. Um, talk all things conference finals with the East and in the West. Leave a review on iTunes, good or bad, or read them on the podcast. If you're not an Apple user, Google Play Store, Spreaker, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us, of course, as well. Uh, you can watch the podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the Drive Edition NBA podcast. Uh, you can see our talking heads. You can also see Carlton's wonderful Pac-Man machine in the background. I'm super <laughs> jealous. I don't have that in the background. Mine's kind of lame right now. Um, but yeah, hit, hit the subscribe button and we will respond to your comments there as well. And now a word from our sponsors. All right. So like I said before the break, uh, we'll get into the West a little bit because a little bit later, I should say, because the Western Conference finals are settled. Uh, the Denver Nuggets making their first appearance in franchise history again. So we'll talk about all the historical impacts of that. Um, what we expect from them going forward we'll talk about the lakers a little bit as well but of course we got to start in the east uh carlton is a heat fan um, and the heat are up 3 to 2 in this series uh you know obviously a 3-0 start the celtics have since won 2 in a row uh last night winning 110-97 in boston uh the series will shift back so we're recording this on a friday afternoon so the series will shift back for game 6 to miami tomorrow Uh, So before we get into the X's and O's, I'm just going to ask you on a one to 10 after game five, where's your panic level right now? Like, what is your I because there's a lot of people, really an alarming number of people who have who have really come out and just said they think this is going to be a reverse sweep. When I'm sitting here going, you know, are Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster really about to get reverse swept? But I mean, where are you at? I guess mentally, let me just get an idea.
2: Um mentally it's starting to, get, it's starting to get a little nervous, but not quite yet. Just because of the two guys you just named, I say I'm at about a four. I'm, I'm still chilling. You tell me before the series, I'm going to be up three, two, going back to Miami, Um two games to win one. The second one is in Boston. If you lose it, but Boston has been worse at home than on the road. I'm still chilling for, for now, for now, but yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy and, so Jimmy's had the um has had a bad last two games, and really three. Game three doesn't get noticed as much because the Heat were just on fire. Mm-hmm. Everybody was hitting, but it's really three games. And if Jimmy Butler, you you told you um you told me Kev um when he was with, with you guys, you're just like the Kyrie shot. The, or excuse me, the Kawhi shot stops people from realizing just how good Jimmy Butler was. And playoff Jimmy is good. He's as good as as advertised, but as fresh as advertised, because it's like. He just turns it off. Like, I don't know how much of the game you watched yesterday, but like, you could tell early if it's going to be playoff Jimmy or not, and he just wasn't engaged. Um, if I could take a shot at Pat Rowley uh, right quick, Kev. Always. He'd only have two point guards. Like, <laughs> two point guards? Like, it, it's funny. If, if the Heat, and I expect him to win Saturday. So, breaking um, bad, the stat sheet of the Limitation is done for spoilers, right?
1: Yeah, of course. I,
2: with, with Pat, you know how I've always felt about Pat Raleigh in this front office. And if if Jimmy can, and I expect him to lead us to the championship, lead the Heat to the championship. I feel like you remember when um, Jesse tried to burn Walt's house, and then Hank stops him, and he's like, "He can't keep getting away with
0: yep, it." Yep, yep. That's me
2: with the Heat. Like I was, I was ready for them. I almost want like Heat fans make fun of each other because half of us, and I'm not, I may or may not have been part of this half. We're like, just lose the second playoff game. I like my chance. It's better at one of my Yana kids than to see this team going into the playoffs or whatever. But it's just because, like, you've seen it, Kev. This heat has been hot and cold all year. As The roster, the, the offseason, the, the Heat were last year, were one shot away from making it to the finals. Jimmy Butler shot. And what did they, Pat Riley and the Heat front office do? At twelve oh one, they re-signed Dwayne Dedmon and Victor Oladipo, and then didn't add a single player. And then the trade deadline comes and goes, and they don't make a single trade and sign Kevin Love and Cody Zeller. Like that is not what serious franchises do. But in <laughs> weird ways,
1: worked. That's what's crazy. I mean, at least with Love, love it. But Zeller's played all right, backup minutes. So, I mean, you gotta survive them, obviously. But I mean, yeah. all he's got to do is is just keep you afloat, you know.
2: Yes, yes, and and because Jimmy has been so good in this playoffs, he's. He's, he's been able to get away with it but like we need gave Vincent back obviously the um Kyle Lowry has not played good at all this series and he's, he 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 played really well against mil, both um Milwaukee and um New York even though it's um Vincent was the starter but it's not talked about Lowry is actually better than Vincent against the Knicks like Brunson was cooking yeah <laughs> that was a bad matchup for him but man I did not think I would be telling you on the podcast, Cav, that I, I missed Gabe Benson. I need him back, but no, yeah, it's, Gabe it's, is out tomorrow. Then forget what I said. I'm not confident at all. But n-
1: that no, is, that was the, the him being out, and, and you're right, the lack of a point guard. It was, I mean, the turnovers are what killed them, I think, early. And it was, yes. I mean, Bam, I thought had to get, I mean, he had to get a little better with the ball, I think, too. Bam was just, I think he had ended the night with like nine turnovers or something, yeah. just way, way too many. Um, but Jimmy was sloppy with the ball, too. And, and that's the thing is, like, on one hand, if you're the Heat, you go, Jimmy Butler scored 14 points. How often is that going to happen in a playoff game? But you're right. That that guard depth. I mean, this is a battle of attrition at this point because it's almost gotten lost because you guys beat Milwaukee and then just got through the Knicks. Like, Tyler Hero hasn't played yet. Oladipo, who obviously you mentioned, is yeah, hasn't played either. Like, playing. they are, really are. When, when a guy like Gabe Vincent goes down, it is at a point where – you know on one hand the heat do keep getting away with this because their guys have just come alive but they are going to run out of bodies at some point like boston is a deep team they seem to play well when their backs are up against the wall i mean their two most complete performances you could argue against the sixers were in game 6 and in game 7 um you know they, they definitely I, I Don't want if I'm a heat fan, I don't want it to get back to Boston. Like, it really feels like six has got to be the closeout. Like, you're on your home floor, you know. Role players tend to play better there. I think Gabe Vincent is gonna go. Um, you know, it will still TBD, but it, it seemed like right. it wasn't enough to knock him out of these last two. Um, and we'll see. Um, you're right, Lowry's definitely got to be better. I mean, he only had five points in this last game as well. Um, you know, and and give Boston a lot of credit too. Like I I thought, especially on the defensive end, they really turned up the intensity. And I think that's a lot of what frustrated Lowry as well was just, I mean, they have the perimeter defenders and the bodies to throw at you guys. Um, But I I think, you know, Tatum early, especially defensively was great, but I thought him and Jalen both really adjusted um, from early on in this series, but particularly in game five, I thought they kind of imposed their will early. So, um, you know, I'm not here – out here professing the reverse sweep like again that's why it's tough because i i do think Spo is going to adjust um you know the the heat role players have stepped up you know max Struess has been great these playoffs duncan robinson who's been on the bench all season has been great these playoffs when called upon like but they do you need jimmy going like if jimmy's not going if bam's not going um boston like boston on paper is the better team um but like you said it's it is the two for one situation. Um, we know Miami is, has already won two games in Boston, winning the first two of the series. So I don't think there's there. And you mentioned Boston's home record has been a little tough as well. Um, we'll see. I, I think you're right, though, about the effort. Like, we need to see, I, they need to be flying out of the gate early, in my opinion, in game six. Like, I think, but because of how long Spo and Jimmy have been around, like, I, and even, even Bam and some of the core of this team, like, this team made the finals a few years ago. Like, this is right. not their first rodeo. And so I think, in a way, you have to feel good about that.
2: Definitely, definitely. And you, um, the one person I don't slander usually is Spoke. I'm, um, I'm a Spo stand. The coach Stan, in the league. And, Yes, thinking. Uh, I feel like um, Eric Spoelstra, especially you know, not to well. He's he. Um, people were extremely piling on after the first three games. I just think the coaching mix match is so big. and and it's, it's not Mozilla's fault. Like like we uh, like it's been said, he he was behind the bench last year. He wasn't expecting to get thrown in thrown in there before before his time. But yeah, I expect Spo to make adjustments. Like you said, the role players play better. You got Duncan Robinson, um, Caleb Martin who's who's probably been our best more, most consistent. I don't want to say best, but he's been the most consistent, um, exactly like you said, start start off um the gates and it looks deceiving. First of all, the game was close the final score was closer than it was, but offense wasn't really the Heat's problem. You you had the turnovers, of course, and I chucked that up to only having one active point guard. But like you got to get some stops. It starts on the defensive end, and Boston was getting whatever they wanted, wherever wide open threes. And then on the rare times they did miss, they got the offensive rebound. So start, like you said, start out fast, start at the gates, and play some defense and get some rebounds, and they should be good. But man, it's gonna be. That's why you love sports. That there's, you agree, there's gonna be no more blowouts. Hopefully, it ends tomorrow for me. But even if it goes to seven, like the blowouts are done in this series, like however many more games in this series are gonna be great.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even in game four, I think that's another one where the final score probably doesn't indicate, I mean, 116 and 99, but I mean, Miami was up double digits in the first half. Um, But it does seem like everything since that time. I mean, it was like, I think it was like 62 to 51 or something. And it seems like ever since then, it's completely gone Boston's way. I mean, they were just super balanced last night too. I mean, Derek White, 24 points, Marcus Smart, 23 points. You're right. They were getting every, I mean, even like Al Horford had a down night. He only had six points, but played a ton of phenomenal defensive minutes. Um, You know, Robert Williams is great off the bench, Uh, you know, three, three from the field, plus 10, like the double big lineup. It's it's worked like they've gone away from it in the starting spot, but, you know, he's definitely been effective in his minutes where need be. Um, I want to go back to your one point with Joe Missoula because – Everyone on earth was firing Joe Missoula after three games. And like, I understand it. And to your point, like, he wasn't expected to be here. And like, maybe he's not ready for this job. But on the other hand, like, Joe Missoula's got these guys in the conference finals. Like, he's getting out coached by Spo a little bit, but a lot of people get out coached by Spo. Like, right. I don't think, if anything, like, I thought Joe Missoula did a great job when he adjusted and went double big against the Sixers. Like, I think that really flustered them in game six, which, again, got them to seven where they were on their home floor and took care of business. Like, I don't know. Like, I understand it and because there have been moments, of course, where he's left timeouts and some of the end games especially with so the way they've been able to like their inability to hold on to some of these leads has been just downright alarming at times. But I, I don't know. Firing Joe Missoula after one year when they're in the conference finals, that feels like a panic move. Like it'd be one thing if they make the playoffs or something. But I, I feel like that's an unfairly short leash for Joe Missoula. Yeah.
2: From, from what I've seen, you you know, you know, us, um, Kev, we don't like to be we don't like to be wrong. We don't like our predictions to be wrong. <laughs> And everybody, you see, I'm sure you've seen it. Heat fans have been championing around three percent chance to win. So it's tough to say that a team has a three percent chance to win, and they're they're um that person that team is up three zero. Somebody somebody has to be blamed. So Joe Missoula is unfairly taking taking the blame for that when it really it was just Tatum and, and um, Jalen Brown. You know, I'm saying it starts at the top. These games, um, the, the Heat have lost. It's been it's been a lot on Bam and Bam and Jimmy. Like it's one thing that that's the reason why it's a four and not not a two. It'd be one thing if we just uh, if the Heat just lost yesterday and it's like, yeah, Jimmy balled out. You know, saying they were desperate and things like that. No, when when I see like you said, Bam t- every time he puts the ball down, it's getting ripped, and and Jimmy just not looking engaged. Fourteen points. You got to think that can't continue, especially um last year going in the opposite, going to Boston down three two. And Jimmy, Jimmy has just an amazing game and goes 47. That's more of the lines of what I'm expecting tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the biggest reason I think I'm not hitting the panic button a little more. I, I think earlier, before I recorded, I said I was at a 7. Now, granted, I'm also coming at it from a Sixers perspective. So I think I'm just generally more jaded. Like the Miami Heat have handled their business more in the past. So you know, it's a different story if they lose this game six. But you also, again, you trust this group. You trust at least that they're going to have the right response. Like, that's not a guarantee that they're going to be Boston. Like, there's a reason. Like, I picked Boston in six before the series. Like, obviously, that pick was incorrect. But I'm not going to just totally back off this team yet. But if if there's going to be a crew that knows that their backs against the wall and just continues to do this, like, you have faith in the heat, guys. Like, you don't feel like they're going to come out and get their lunch money taken. But... I say all that to say, I don't want to lose this game six if I'm Miami. Like if I go back game seven in Boston, like I got to feel like Boston's going to be the favorite. The crowd is going to be in, because here's the thing. You're down 3-0. That crowd's going to be alive because you feel like you're playing with house money. I know the finals expectations are there, but like your season was on the most life support it could possibly be on. Um, So in a way, I don't feel like there will be that panic that there maybe was last round a little bit where there was that little just kind of, it was tense at first. We're like, this, I feel like they'll be raucous from the gate. Um, because especially too with the chance to make history and you know, 3 0 comebacks have happened a couple times in hockey. Um, one of them actually against Boston, my Flyers did in 2010. You know, just it's one of the few positive memories I have, so I got to okay. get that off. Um, but of course, the Red Sox in 04 against the Yankees legendary 3 0 comeback in baseball. I still
2: don't know how that happened,
1: yeah, because that's the only time it's happened in baseball. I mean, like I said, in hockey, it's happened. I think it's happened three or four times. It happened once in the 70s. It happened once in the 80s. I feel like the Canadians did it. Um, the Flyers did it in 2010. And then I think the Kings did it to the, the Sharks. I don't remember what year it was, but it was in the mid-2010s. But they were able to 3-0 come back. Baseball, that's the only one. Basketball, it's never happened. Now, it's bound to happen at some point because obviously we've seen – multiple three, one comebacks. I mean, even, right. even recently, like go back. To, I mean, of course, 2016, the final is the most famous, but like we don't really need to look that far to see a three, one comeback. Um, I, But again, it's like, that's the reason that I don't think the panic meter is higher. Like if this was a franchise that hasn't done this before, if this was a coach who hasn't been here before, I think it'd be a lot more concerning, but I, you know, I, I, you trust that locker room at least, right, but right. you need to, but you're right though. I think in the same way, like, I want to see that intensity early. Um, I really want to see, you know, again, especially from Jimmy, like this is, I, I don't want to say it's a legacy game for Jimmy. That's ridiculous. Like this man's already been to the finals. Like he has nothing left to prove, but like, this is like, this is a run that can really, like if Jimmy Butler gets the finals, regardless of how a series would go against Denver, like he's already a hall of famer, but this really cements him big time. It, I
2: think it, 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 he is close this is this might be you that's, that's exactly where I was going this might be his hall of fame what what puts him in the hall of fame um if he can if he can make it there what's also what's most disappointing about um those past two games Kev is the one thing that's been consistent with this heat regardless of it you know the the whole heat culture thing or whatever and the undrafted thing. you know I get upset with the undrafted thing too because I'm like Get some get some talent. If you can develop undrafted <laughs> players, then what? that's what you can do with first round picks. But the thing the, the thing that's always in the Heat's benefit is they're undrafted. So you have guys who've had to fight for their life. You know, Caleb Martin, who we said is the most consistent, he was cut by the Hornets and wasn't even getting getting a call. So the the, the disappointing thing is to see them uncharacteristically take their foot off the gas. Like I, that's what was so shocking. I'm like you rarely see the heat not try like they they, obviously you're going to lose in basketball, but how many times have you seen, have you watched the watch the heat and said, man, there's just no effort out there. And that's what we've seen the past two games.
1: No. And I mean, if this had been at the end of the regular season, because I mean, you and I have talked about this multiple times off the mic, like this is a team that was 27th in offensive rating. Like this really is, you know, I'm going to ask you about where it ranks with Spoh's coaching, like pushes in a second. Um, But I mean, yeah, this is a team – you know, you don't feel that way now given what they've done now because they did. They handled their business. I mean, obviously, super impressive against the Bucs because I thought when the Bucs won without Giannis in game two, like I thought that was kind of the flip the switch for them and and the Heat responded by winning the next three games. You expect them to beat the Knicks. They were the favorite. But again – handled their business against the Knicks. I feel like overall they weren't really playing with their food and, of course, jump out to this lead. But, you know, you have moments in the regular season where that's where the doubt would be. The doubt comes when you have a pretty horrible playing game against Atlanta, a pretty horrible playing game largely against Chicago. They were able to sneak that out, and and that's what's so crazy about this run, obviously, where it started and now how it is. Um, But, yeah, you're right because I think they haven't, their foot's been on the gas essentially. I feel like since that's game three in Milwaukee, it's like it's really been taken off since then. Um, and, and we'll see what happens, but I, I do want to ask you, you know, I mean, Spo is obviously a champion, won multiple titles, he made the finals in the bubble. Um, you know, I keep throwing Hall of Fame around, but like this is a Hall of Fame coach we're talking about with Eric Spolstra. But I do when I look at this roster with, with just how where they were and, and how bad they looked at times in the regular season. Where do you rank this run among spo's just most impressive jobs to you?
2: Oh, it's definitely the it's gotta be up there. if you look at some of those early dwayne wade his his early tenure teams those, te- those teams granted he had a superstar in dwayne Wade, but if you look at those rosters, those were some some terrible rosters and they were they were waiting to see if the um you get the big three to a paid off there and um. He had the one 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 season. The bubble season is a big one um, where you rank it up there. But yeah, if he could make it. Matter of fact, I had a comparison for you. So say um say the Heat take care of business game six or seven and make it to the championship. Mm-hmm. You know who this team reminds me of? Who the 16 one Jimmy, but I know Bam is a little better than um you got every other second option. But uh, you make Jimmy make Jimmy AI, and that's what this team reminds me of. The only only thing fortunate for the Heat if they make it is they don't have the Lakers. Jokic is good or yeah. whatever, but it's not the it's not that. Judgment. Yeah,
1: they weren't invincible. I mean, I mean, it's crazy in hindsight that the Sixers even shipped that first game off of. I mean, they were sixteen and one on that run. Um, yeah, but you're not wrong entirely because you're right. There's the one because the Sixers like their second options that year were Mutombo and McKee. because they had McKey was Sixth Man of the Year and then Mutombo's uh defensive player of the year but you're right it wasn't offensively it wasn't there as much and you could argue that for sure that bam was at that point better than matumbo right yeah um but yeah you're you're not entirely wrong because both of them were super gritty you know it was a lot of and they gut it out i mean the sixers that's what that's what's crazy carlton i grew up watching the sixers on that playoff run win two game sevens against toronto and against milwaukee and so, like, I was so used to them doing well in clutch games early, and now it's just impending disaster anytime they're in a meaningful game. I'm just like, up here we go. We're going to lose in the <laughs> most, like, ridiculous way possible. Um, you know, were to Jason Tatum's record setting 51 in game seven. Uh, but let's go out west now, uh, switching gears a little bit. The conference finals, of course, over. Uh, that ended up being a sweep. It looked like we both obviously might get two sweeps. Uh, Denver getting it done, though, against the Lakers uh now here uh so they're just waiting basically at this point waiting to see who their finals opponents are going to be but um obviously super impressive for denver uh number one seed so in a way maybe this shouldn't be surprising um but here we are uh first finals appearance in franchise history we'll see if they can also you know top that off of course with the ultimate uh you know getting bringing the larry o'brien trophy home for the first time um but It's crazy because and I mean, in a way, maybe I was guilty of this, too, because my biggest worry with Denver going into these playoffs was just I didn't love the way they ended the regular season. Um, I really thought I mean, they had like a 20 point loss to Houston. It just didn't seem like they were playing that well. It didn't seem like they were in rhythm. And for me, it's like if you're not in rhythm. And you stumble and come to some of these early playoff games, you know, what what's going to happen here? Maybe were they kind of because they were able to coast, you know, they've been the one seed really most of the season. They've never been worried about seeding and, and things like that, where some of these other teams were. Um But since then, I mean, you just got to tip your cap. It's been professional win after professional win. like, And you can maybe make excuses that Minnesota isn't quite as good as some of the others. I think that's silly. You're the number one seed. Like, that's the luxury you got. Yeah, that's
2: why you get the number one seed.
1: Yeah, like, that's what you do the regular season for. Um, But to go out and just sweep the Lakers out like that, And to really handle your business pretty largely against Phoenix, like I I know they blew the 2-0 lead, but then to go out and win game five and game six pretty convincingly, um, you got to just tip your cap. Like these were – I keep coming back to them, but like these are professional wins. They went out there and handled their business, Um, you know, getting it done in the clutch. They were were down big in some of these games and found ways to win. Um, They had big leads, especially in game one of that series, wither away and still found a way to get it done. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Jokic gets all the, gets rightfully most of the credit. Like we're watching one of the best offensive runs from, especially from big man, but just in general that we've seen on the way to the finals ever, um, Jamal Murray, super elevated his points, but I mean, Denver seven has really locked in like Mike Malone shrank that rotation and you know, the guys are going right now. Bruce Brown is playing excellent. Contavious Caldwell Pope is looking like he did when the Lakers won the title, like playing that three and D role to a a T and. Um, I mean, I feel like Denver is it, it's going to be tough because I think Boston, because if they were here last year, if they come back and complete the sweep may then be favored over Denver. But I mean, Denver's got home court. They've been phenomenal there all year. I don't know the way they're playing right now. Like you got to feel like they're at least going to be the favorite in any series. Like I'm not, uh, they're not invincible. Like you said, you mentioned like that one Lakers team, they were invincible. Nobody
2: that, was beating that team. Yeah.
1: Those Warriors teams w- when KD was there in 2017 and in 2018, they were invincible. Nobody was beating those teams. I don't feel that way with Denver, but I do feel like they're going to rightfully be the favorite against whoever comes out of the East.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I don't expect, um, now things could change after Saturday if the Heat win. I, I turn into a cocky Heat fan, but as of now, I don't expect anybody to beat the uh, beat the Denver Nuggets. I expect them to be the eventual NBA champions. Because like you said, it's hard to it's hard to make an argument of anybody being the best player in the world. I, that's not not named Nicole Jokic right now. And like you said, um, Jamal Murray gets mad when you call him Bubble Murray. We'll say Healthy Murray. But most importantly, like you said, they coasted. Their defensive of, of intensity is what is what is what's impressed me with them this playoffs. Um, just their their ability to get stops when they need to. I know the the LeBron play obviously at the end of game four is is what's going to come to mind. But time after time after time, like you said, during those Suns times, they've sort of had a way to – I know Devin Booker was going off, but it was like, okay – Devin Booker, if you're going to score 80 and beat us, you're going to have to because everybody else is getting shut down. And, yeah. that, and that was just impressive. Like, I, I even think I, I texted – me and you were texting, you know, up there, like, when have you ever seen Kevin Durant not be the best player, player on this team? And it's clearly – like, obviously, you know, he played with Steph Curry. It was a one and one day situation. If, <laughs> there's no way you could watch that, that um, Sun series and say, that Kevin Durant was the best player on the Phoenix Suns.
1: No, and I mean a, a guy that you really deserves a lot of that credit, kind of going to that defensive intensity is Aaron Gordon. Like Aaron Gordon's been taking on the majority of these mat- difficult matchups. You know, he guarded LeBron a ton in the Lakers series. He was guarding KD a ton against Phoenix. Like he's come in and, and finally, like it, it's been always been the question. Like they just got to get their guys back. It's can you keep Michael Porter healthy and can you keep Jamal and can Jamal Murray bounce back post injury? The Murray thing, it was interesting with me with Jamal Murray how that became like Jamal Murray had one injury and just it happened at the end of the bubble. So yeah, it was a really bad timing and it forced him to miss more time than he usually would. But there was this weird, like with people didn't know if he would ever be the same again, was well, like Jamal Murray's still really young. This guy's not 38 years old or, or anything like that, where that bounce back. Porter was the one I'd be more worried about just because he's got the history going back to college. Like that's why he right. slipped so low. Um, but again, give Denver a lot of credit. We'd said at the time, like that's the flyer you take. it's panning out right now so um yeah obviously super impressive Jokic is really just in general I mean forget the Embiid conversation like that's that's settled and that's for me obviously a Sixers fan like Jokic is definitively better than Embiid at this point um the question is now I mean I don't me on this pod I've been saying that my one and one a and on any given night they kind of rotate have been Giannis and Steph but Jokic is Getting into that conversation, bro. Like it's been happening every year. And, and the fact that I mean, and you saw him doing it last year when it was just him. So again, maybe that shouldn't be as surprising, but um offensively, at least, like he's just so gifted. The way he runs the offense, the way he just makes these passes that guys can't, and the fact that he's just so big, like their dribble handoff is so effective. Like he screens two guys essentially by himself, <laughs> and Jamal Murray just pulls up and splashes. Like, and I like the fact that they have away like it's the perfect thing too because when Jokic gets a little fatigued in the fourth quarter like that's just when jamal murray takes off like they're built to have that closer like that's the thing it allows Jokic to get to his spots but you know having a closer i think is good if you're built around a big man and and you know obviously give denver a lot of credit for building the roster that way
2: right right and if i could um if i could give you a quick hot take i'm starting to think adam silver might be the worst (laughs) like (laughs) Why? Because you're you're not wrong with thinking how you thought about the Nuggets, and it's because they only wanted want to um, advertise the big name guys. Like you have to you have to give a chance to advertise to Denver, and it's for people like us who are on the East Coast. Denver Denver's games are ending at eleven thirty midnight. <laughs> we we have lives. We can't we can't yeah. sit here and watch that whole game and be able to see it. So it's it's not necessarily our fault. Why? We, we're not doing it. They, the NBA has got to do a better job of advertising when got when guys are smaller markets on the way on, on the teams that play in the West on the West Coast play. Because, yeah, I, I was fortunate this year. I had a lot of late nights, I'm sure, as you did with study. So I got to see. A, I watched a ridiculous amount of Warriors and Nuggets. And like you said, it's just I, I just was fascinated with Jokic because, you know, how it is Kev. He Sits at the top of the key. He's not he, he doesn't look overly athletic, but then he'll surprise you with the dunk <laughs> with the crazy dunk. So I tell people to stop saying he's not athletic. But like he he has a lot of mellow in him to where they the their game doesn't look special. Like mellow, you can advertise. Remember the little drop step he did, and it was something that you could practice. It's like he just stays at the top key, and it's just like he'll find the person and hit him in stride, he'll hit the shot if he if nobody is open. Like there, there's literally no stopping them, and that's why I feel that that nuggets are going to win it yeah and being, i mean like i told you believing in, believing in spo and the fact that it's only a seven-man rotation i would like to see playoff jimmy as Spo cook something up to see to see how you combat that but like you already have Jokic going on his third year uh, playing at a, uh, uh, an insane level you have like you mentioned jamal murray and then you have the guys like you say he, he has his role players aaron gordon is who we thought he would be um in orlando Michael Porter Jr. Is, is being healthy and coming to his own. And then you got, like you said, Bruce Bruce, um, Bruce um, Brown. I keep wanting to call him Bruce Bowen. <laughs> the, to, even the, um, McCain, Bruce Bowen. Uh, Bruce, see, yeah, <laughs> McCain I, I'm Bowen. telling you,
1: it, it trips me up two ways a while because they're both great defensively, too. That's the thing. Right. So they're both great <laughs> defensive guards. So
2: Yeah, and like you said, Caldwell Pope, who was underrated in that, obviously LeBron and AD is going to get the credit when they won the championship. But Caldwell Pope was severely underrated, and he has been – Outstanding for them, like consistent as they come. So it this yeah this Nuggets team is definitely have and, and shot and like you said credit to them not only do, um, have they maximized their picks but they've developed their picks. Like, yep. you know everybody talks about Jokic as a second round pick. You know Jamal Murray, like all of their all of their young guys they've developed.
1: Yeah, none of these are one picks. Like you said, I mean, and that's, I mean, it is crazy in hindsight. Everybody talks about the Taco Bell commercial that Jokic got drafted during. I talk about the fact that, like, when we were doing this podcast and Jokic got drafted, they drafted Nurkic to be the starter ahead of him. Like, there was a real debate early on in Denver of who was going to be the guy going forward. Say that again, Carlton.
2: That was a legit debate. Like, it Uh, wasn't, it wasn't crazy.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, obviously, Denver made the correct decision. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's just the, uh, it's an ultimate situation for them it's and it's a hell of a story and you're right i think if you're not been watching denver and you haven't realized they're great you're just not paying attention and like i get it if you're on the east coast like we said it's different but like when you cover the nba like i've seen some people just be like oh well i don't know they're not that intriguing it's like they got a two time mvp like what exactly yeah. do you want here like i don't know do your job a little bit um all right going back to going to the lakers before we get out of here cuz obviously you know 40 sweep disappointing the way it happened i think in a way you know, cause it's tough because you're Lakers and you want to win a championship every year and you know, LeBron's 38 at the same time you blew half the roster up in the middle of the season. Like you started three and 10 and you made it all the way to the conference finals. Um, you know, and I, I just think Denver was better. Like, I think there's no way to, there's no other That's way to put it after sleep. Um, but I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm obviously I think neither you or I are buying into LeBron retirement rumors. Like I definitely oh. think it's on his mind for the first time ever. To me, everyone talked about the LeBron retirement rumors, Carlton. The big thing that I noticed for the first time is he said after because he obviously brilliant in their last game for loss, like 40, 10, and nine. But he said, I'm still better than ninety or ninety-five percent of this league. That's the first time I think LeBron's ever said out loud in public that I'm not the best player anymore.
2: Yes, yes. And to say saying not buying is an understatement. I, me and you, me and you, uh, me. I sort of teased it to you off. Uh, you know, personally, I um, I know Heat fans have mixed feelings, as you can imagine. You go, you go to four straight finals, and then you leave. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, Heat fans have mixed feelings about him, and it's always a common debate. You know, the the quote unquote barbershop conversation: How many rings would LeBron have had if he would have just stayed? Because like you said, I rolled my eyes. I was so upset at LeBron even hinting, <laughs> hinting <laughs> to the retirement because he was just making it about him. Like, like let's let's just call it what it is. He wanted to make it about him. He's not thinking about retiring. His goal is to try to get try to play in the NBA at the same time as Bronny and yeah. to have the father and something. So I was I, I don't know why I was surprised he entertained the retirement talk. But the, there, Kev, if you're Nike you're you're not gonna nike isn't gonna let lebron retire you know how how much they're gonna milk a retirement run campaign out of that like there's just <laughs> it doesn't make financial sense like it just makes no sense and like you said he is better than 90 95 which is what goats do when jordan was with the wizards he was better than a, a good percentage but you are right he did <laughs> openly admit like yo Some of these guys are better than me. And you know what? I think the guy on his own team, the the X Factor who they need to stay healthy, is better. And LeBron is finally starting to see it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is all it always when he kind of went to LA and you bring Anthony Davis in, like that was ideally their transition is Anthony Davis into being the number one guy. In a way, that happened these playoffs, and it's tough because their exit wasn't great, and Anthony Davis was inconsistent at times. He also, at times, was the best defensive player he looked like in the entire league, but certainly on the floors for large portions of the series that he played in. Um, But you're right. I mean, part of it was the injury. We know he had the foot injury, honestly, and and Denver, give them credit, took advantage of that. He still went out and did, again, crazy last game, but it came in the L like – It is father time is undefeated. Like there is just that reality. It's like LeBron can still give you a special performance, but it's just not inevitable. Like LeBron wasn't like, he was like Thanos at one point. He was just inevitable win, lose, no matter what he was going off. Where, yeah, we are at a different point now. Like, this is uncharted territory for everybody. Jordan was getting ready to hang it up, and obviously, like you mentioned, came back and played with the Wizards, was still good. Like, LeBron is not going to just stink at any point. Like, I don't think we're anywhere. Like, I think he'd have to be well into his 40s for that to happen or some crazy significant injury. Um, But I I do. I think the cracks are there. Um, I still think you're – I'm like you. I mean, I still think he's playing with Bronny. Um, and that's where I we will see if they're on the same team. He kind of did back off that a little bit where he's like, yeah, I, think I just want to share the court with him. Um, but yeah, I, there's, there's no way LeBron James, like they said, he was filming like a last dance type documentary. Like it would be really, it would truly shock me more than a lot of things have in the NBA recently. If LeBron just decided to hang it up.
2: It's the single, it, it would be the single most shocking thing ever. <laughs> I'm just going to NBA standpoint. Cause like you said, it's just just goats. When when you're as good as when you're when you're the, you're in the conversation of being the best ever, you're just not like you said. You're never going to stink. Jordan still looked like he could play when he has some left. Tom Brady, Lord knows I'm not a fan of him, but Brady looked like if he had to play again this season, he can do it. Like goats, just goats have a, a slow decline to where they're never just going to look bad. Even to you know, saying um to to a lesser standpoint a little bit, you know, Kobe uh ended with 61 you know d wade had the triple double Dirk, you know had the triple double like when you're when you're when you're you're at a certain level even at the end of your career in retirement you can't do it consistently like you said but there's still the given nights like i remember seeing like you said when you, when, you, when you're when you're your your is eliminated us that year and you could see that d wade was at the end of his career he still had flashes where you're like ooh. Yeah, that was the D-Wade game. That's, that's the vintage D-Wade that
1: you have to be sure. I mean, oh, to. yeah, y'all won a game that series. I think it was, it was a five-game series. Like, Dwayne Wade was the reason y'all won that game. You definitely still have it. You know, you, you never really lose it. You can just pull out the special performances exactly. once in a while. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Appreciate you guys, as always. Again, if you missed it in the beginning of the episode, Justin is on paternity leave right now. Um, again, we welcome his beautiful baby girl to the world. Yeah. Congrats again to him and well, Nicole. We didn't get but to
2: say it earlier, but thank God she looks like her mom. <laughs>
1: That's a great. I, 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 low key, I, I low key want to cut the episode there, but we got to do we got to talk hockey for a little bit. But that because that is hilarious. Um, but yeah, shout out to my guy, Carlton KB for coming on the episode. Of course, you know, if you've been listening for a while, friend of the show, follow him on Twitter at Carlton underscore KB, like KB the letters. Um, but yeah, like we said, Carlton does all South Florida sports, not just the heat. So of course it's great times down there as they're trying to get to the finals, but the one team that has already punched their ticket to the finals, are the florida panthers uh stanley Cup bound for the first time since 1996 uh they completed their sweep uh, against the hurricanes in the conference finals took out the maple leafs Uh, most impressively took out the bruins coming down from 3-1 uh the bruins yeah oh yeah you love to see it uh but the bruins for those who don't follow hockey uh were the best literally the best regular season team of all time this year uh the panthers were the last team to get into the playoffs And now here we are in the finals um, with a chance, although they're awaiting the winner of Vegas and Dallas Vegas is up three, one in that series. Um, I mean, talk to me like what, what a run. I mean, how do you even explain how you got here? Like where your expectations were going into the, going into the finals or going into the playoffs, I should say.
2: Oh man. it's, It's lovely. I think me and you share the same, 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 I don't want to say eight, eight struggle, but same dislike, like, that's why I need the Heat to beat the Celtics, because there's nothing like beating the Boston team. You know, it doesn't matter. Bruins, Celtics, Patriots. I, I, it's,
1: I Well, because we know what it is. Like, here's the thing. With the Celtics, it's different because the Celtics and the Sixers are actually rivals. With the Bruins and the Flyers, it sort of is. Like, they're not in the same division, but, like, historically, it's there. The other reality is it's just like, yo, Boston sports have had enough success for ages. Like, y'all got they six lot, Super Bowls.
2: Baby. Yeah, like they since 2000, with the, with the Red Sox, like, no, enough. Right. six, like, six right. yeah, six
1: with Brady, four World Series since. Oh, and I know the Red Sox are obviously cursed for a long time, but since 2000, you got six with Brady, you got four World Series championships, you got a Celtics ring in 08, and a, but again, potentially another one this year, depending how it goes, we'll see what happens. And you got a Bruins Stanley Cup in 2011 you know like we said that's do the math that's 12 championships since 2000 i think there are most cities are starving for one in a lot of cases you know two three i say i i just want to see all my teams win at least once um i've been blessed enough to see two of them win in the phillies and the eagles um right now the eagles by far clearly my best hope at getting another one um no comment on the sixers and the flyers i can't talk too much smack that's the thing the flyers are so bad that like i can't really talk smack to anybody in hockey right now <laughs>
2: But yeah, so we, we we beat them, and it's funny. I've I've told you this before, Kev. Obviously, um, I'm with you. Like, just let me see all my teams win once. The Dolphins are gonna give me give me a, a run for my money and be able to see that in my lifetime. But my I've told you, um, the Dolphins are my favorite sports team. Period. Yeah, my favorite team to be a fan of is the Florida Panthers because, like I told you, Kev. I only know the Panthers. Like, I knew how good Boston was, but, like, I don't know the other players. That's kind of how I, I was um, excited about the Kachuk trade because yep. I've complained to you about Huberto. Shoot the damn puck, man. Like, he's frustrated me for so long. But I was like, you know, I know Connor McDavid and stuff, but, you know, you have to be really good for me to know who you are in hockey. And, like, I don't know how good the other teams are. Like, I didn't know the Flyers weren't good. So, like, I can just enjoy watching the Panthers, and I don't know what's coming. Yeah. So, after the Bruins... Uh, it's like we come back from down 3-1. They beat them. It happens to a Boston team. You love to see it. And then you see the Toronto fans chanting, we want Florida. The disrespect. Right. Right off rip. It's like, it's like okay. You gotta listen to from team. Toronto, which
1: is crazy because the Maple Leafs lose in spectacular fashion every year. Like I know they're one of the right. premier franchises, <laughs> but like they the Raptors. They don't have anything decent yeah. to hang on.
2: Choke every year, and you have some nerve chanting who you who you want in the next round. Just right. be happy. you're you're making it. So yeah, you, um, it was, should have been a sweep there, but you they eliminate them, and with Carolina, it was just like their coach is made fun of because he had that quote. People are going to see that it was, think that it was a sweep. It wasn't a sweep. And it, and it sounds ridiculous because it was a sweep. But I get what he was saying. His verbiage was off. It was clearly a heartbreaking loss. Okay, yeah. Kev, that was the closest sweep I've ever seen in my life. Four overtime game and then 3-1 goal. That fourth overtime, I was just like, well, I'm so much of a, a just a, a ignorant hockey fan to where I was able to have compassion. I'm like, man. Panthers need to win this. It was it was literally after 12. The the game had started 30 minutes before the Nuggets and Lakers, and, and the game was on an hour afterwards. I'm just like, there's no way you lose this. It's <laughs> like, yeah. such a heartbreaking to stay up and watch that loss if you for the Carolina. That's players.
1: what I mean. It's like, how do you recover? Like they had the longest, the latest Flyers OT win I've ever seen in the playoffs is five. And it's crazy. And like I was I was a kid when that happened. Um, but because hockey OT is just Unlike anything else right. in sports, like not like basketball OT where it's possession of possession, baseball is obviously extra innings is different. Like hockey OT is just like it, it's the sports equivalent of meth. I feel like so right. do that times four. Like you got to stay up then for hours and, and watch it and be nervous. And like you know, obviously you know for you it, now it's an all time where because you're on the right side of it. You know yeah. going back to the cup. Um, you know, searching for first one in franchise history. So obviously, I mean, for South Florida, you'll be at three of four then in your lifetime because obviously the heat of one in your lifetime. The Marlins, it's been a while, but you know, you oh three, you were alive. So uh, and then I'm
2: a big Miami Hurricanes. So I have a story like you. Like my first team was the 2000, where they were good. In 2001, it's arguably one of the best college football teams ever, and then it's yep. been downhill since then. So I have a similar story to the six with you, like that oh one, the Hurricanes, especially. So yeah, it's just. If the Panthers – I need the Panthers in the office to pull it up, but it's hard not to feel good as a Panthers fan. Like, even, like I said, versus Boston, like, it just wasn't dominated. Um, it, Like, it just it just felt like they could come back. Like, they're never out of it. I was so upset in that game for you give up a goal to tie it at three, under 3-3. Bobrovsky has made me take back all the slander I've had from him. He's been incredible. And then just Matthew Kachuk, man, like –
1: yeah, <laughs> My It's just instant spark. Like he's on a legendary run right now. And it's like, you talk about a trade, like making all the difference. I mean, it, like with it, cause it's, it's all the overtime goals. It's the series clincher with four seconds left. Like he just got it. Like, you know, he's got the juice. He's got a knack for the moment. And, and you're, it's going to be the ultimate test. Cause like whoever you play with Vegas or Dallas is obviously going to be a juggernaut, but it's like, how can you not feel good when you beat literally the best regular season team ever? Like you got to feel like you have a good chance against anybody, the way the magic is going. So that's why hockey is crazy. It's crazy for Miami sports because the heat are also an eight seed too. Like this is obviously a lot rarer in basketball, Um, but yeah, I mean, again, going, going for some history. So we'll uh, definitely be rooting for you guys on that front. Thank you everybody again for listening to the podcast and we will catch you next week. I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you star side.
2: Okay. Well, I'm out of here. Hey, Da da da, 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 da. Alright,
0: alright, I think they get the point.